Welcome to Malicious Mamas, a show that brings you tales of terrifying females from lore, legend, and everything in between. I am your host, Nikki Mandiola. This week, we travel back in time and see LA through the eyes of a top-notch journalist and overall kick-ass lady. Stay tuned for a story of silk tights, murder, and a famous unsolved case. Without further ado, let's get down to it. This week's topic is Agnes Underwood. Before we get into the juicy stuff, let's take a look at Agnes's beginning. Agnes May Wilson was born on December 17, 1902, in San Francisco, to a glassblower father and a housewife mother. She was the eldest of two daughters, and her mother died in childbirth in 1907. Leaving the two Wilson girls with just their father Clifford, the family moved around a lot so that Mr. Wilson could find work. Eventually, the girls were shuffled off to relatives until their father found them foster homes. Each daughter went to a different home, and Agnes ended up living with a family already with three sons. The family's eldest son, Ralph, became a great friend and protector to Agnes. Without his kindness, she often said in later years that she wouldn't have been able to stay in the home. Agnes excelled in school and skipped three grades, but after entering high school in 1916, she became bored by the 10th grade and dropped out. She then took a job as a clerk in the basement of the Cartwright department store to earn some money and pass the time. Ralph was deployed overseas during World War I, and the pair exchanged letters back and forth. He soon noticed how sad Agnes seemed to be at home and thought she would be happier with a blood relative. Locating a relative in San Francisco, he connected the two, and Agnes moved in. She knew she would have to help with the household expenses and decided to find a job. After a few days of searching with no luck, Agnes returned home to find that her relative had moved away, leaving her homeless and broke. She bounced back, however, and found a female relative living in Hollywood. Once she moved in with her, things were not totally solved. Apparently, this woman wanted to make Agnes a child star, and when she refused, the relative kicked her out. Agnes eventually got a job as a waitress in L.A. and was taking care of herself. It was then when the female relative showed up and told Agnes that she needed to move back in with her and hand over all of her paychecks each week, or she would report Agnes as a minor living alone. Frustrated, Agnes told the story to one of her co-workers, a man named Harry Underwood. After hearing this, Harry replied, She couldn't report you if we were married. Three weeks later, on April 28, 1920, that's exactly what happened. By 1926, the couple had two kids, a daughter and a son, and were finding it hard to make ends meet. Although times were tough, Agnes still had material wants and needs. When she approached her husband to buy a pair of silk stockings, and he turned her down, Agnes decided to take matters into her own hands. She told him she would get a job to make her own money, and, like magic, a job fell into her lap. An old friend, Evelyn Connors, called up Agnes the next day and offered her a job working the switchboard at The Record, a local newspaper. This is where she started to learn the newspaper biz from the ground up. 
Agnes took on every task assigned to her and worked hard. Eventually, she was promoted to a reporter, with her first major crime case taking place on May 20, 1931. Charles H. Crawford, a former saloon keeper, and Herbert F. Spencer, a former police reporter, were found murdered. A day following the murders, a former deputy district attorney and a candidate for municipal judge, David H. Clark, turned himself in. Agnes reviewed the story and thought there were some gaps in the coverage of the case. She found it weird no one talked with Clark's parents, so she located them and got an exclusive interview. Being the only reporter to do so, Agnes scored a headline that read, Mrs. Clark says son is innocent. After years of hard work at the record, Agnes was offered a position at the Herald Express in 1935. She turned it down, but once she learned that the record was bought by the Illustrated Daily, she worried about her current place at the paper, so she took the Herald's offer. Her first job there was to get an interview with Amelia Earhart. Agnes staked out Amelia's North Hollywood home for several hours before she finally turned up and became the only Herald reporter to get an interview. Over the next 12 years, Agnes, or Aggie as her colleagues like to call her, reported on nearly every murder case in L.A., along with the untimely deaths of a few stars, like Thelma Todd and Jean Harlow. Perhaps one of the most interesting cases Aggie got a chance to report on was the murder of Elizabeth Short in 1947, otherwise known as the Black Dahlia. According to the Spitfire reporter, she was the first on the scene and learned of the Black Dahlia nickname from an LAPD homicide detective she was friends with. While reporting on the case, Agnes was removed twice without warning or explanation. The final time she was removed, Aggie was offered a promotion as the editor of the city desk. She believed the reason behind her removals was that she was getting too close to the truth of who murdered Elizabeth. Some think she actually cracked the case and never shared her info on the killer. It was from that moment on that Agnes ran the newspaper's team of reporters and photographers until her retirement in 1968. In 1981, Agnes was in failing health and moved in with her son in Colorado. On July 3, 1984, reporter Agnes Underwood died of a fatal heart attack. Upon her death, the Herald Examiner said this of Agnes. She was undeterred by the grisliest of crime scenes, and she had a knack of getting details that eluded other reporters. On that note, let's conclude this episode. If you have any suggestions on mamas you'd like me to cover, or a spooky tale to share, please send an email to maliciousmamas at gmail.com. If you're looking for more mamas in your life, follow Malicious Mamas on Instagram. Also, if you could rate, review, and subscribe to Malicious Mamas on your favorite podcast app, it would really help to get the show out there, and I would greatly appreciate the feedback. Until next time, keep it real, mamas. <laughs>